0: And we're on the air in 5, 4, 3, 2, one. Pencil. And when peace comes, remember, it will be for us, the children of today, to make the world of
1: tomorrow a better and happier place. We are beginning to be able,
0: cautiously and with our eyes open, to encourage some interchange of ideas. We have to start thinking about... Tomorrow. I've heard
1: that somewhere. So, uh, welcome. This is another here you are Wausau podcast. Uh, I'm Dino, and I'm here with my uh, co-host Eric. Hey. And uh, so we've got we've got our largest group ever assembled. Uh, sort of our uh, what do we what do we want to call us? The Justice League of podcasting, right? And that no. seems appropriate. <laughs> Come on. All right. So that was that was intentional. I even knew what I was doing right there. Do so it's capes? the wrong universe. Yeah. Right. Yes, you can all have capes. Yes. Capes yes. capes all around for everybody. So uh so on on the podcast today, uh, we've got our friend David, who's a lifelong uh comic book reader, and uh and I, and from what we understand he came to us through Evan Cass. So given Evan's seriousness about comics, I'm gonna imagine that uh David is a bit of a, a comic scholar, right, David?
0: Yeah, definitely. I consider myself that. I'm I'm in the process of uh, making a my own uh, pop culture blog as well. Wow, uh, devoted mostly to like comic books and um, pop culture stuff along along the superior line. Cool,
1: um, as well as uh, sort of the the lifelong uh, you know enthusiast, Brad Ludwig. Who I know has, I just I know from for a fact that he's got a large piece of his house devoted to comic books, just in square footage. I would
2: imagine. Uh Uh, yeah, uh my basement's got uh, about six thousand, and I've got uh, Jesus. I don't know how many graphic novels upstairs. So
1: right, yeah. So Brad Brad and I have a have a mutual friend, uh, Jill, and uh, Jill has so many comics that she had to build a second building to store them
2: <laughs> i hadn't heard that
1: yeah so her yeah about 10 years just because what the hell about 10 15 years ago her dad um, julian just decided that's it there's, there's just too many of these and and he got on the internet and did some research about what you know she needed to do to store them and he sure. built what you know a climate a little climate controlled building or something to that effect oh. On nice. the, in the backyard at, at uh, on the Alderson Street house, which I, think, which I think knowing them as long as I do, I just was like, yeah, of course, that's what he did. Yes, that's right. So, As
2: I recall, uh, part of uh, Mark Hamill's money went to a temperature-controlled vault for yeah, all his comic right. books,
1: too. Oh. And then uh, also on the podcast, uh, the husband of Melissa Sullivan, Sean.
3: <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> now, I will tell you. I did sell my comic book collection in the eleventh grade to Billy McCorkle. So I, I think that that puts me in fine company with the rest of you. How much did you get? Do you remember? I you know, I don't. I, I wanna say it was about a hundred dollars. Now I had the entire Secret Wars uh, limited series, which, you know, getting rid of the the issue where Spider Man gets his suit, it was one of my large regrets among many. Um, but <laughs> you know it's it's one of those things where i've always loved the comic books but i just never was able to to put the effort and the resources into truly collecting them so i'm a consumer of the content though
1: wow billy mccorkle (laughs) that guy that guy made out like a like a bandit and i like like i'm sure uh some of you uh no, or from listening to the podcast with evan i really tried i gave it about a year of you know sort of working with evan to get me to be a comic book reader but uh i just couldn't pull it off I just wasn't i wasn't able to do it so i I'm yeah an, yeah why why not um because the 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 important thing for me has always <laughs> been uh understanding the arc of a narrative and like we talked about in the the podcast, uh, a little bit and i've come to learn this later some of these stories are 50 years old so yeah or or older so like the beginning of spider-man is expensive to get your hands on so (laughs) yeah you know like the other the other piece that was hard for me um was just, just literally knowing how to buy them like you go on you go online and there's just so much that it's It's a little bit it's a little bit like watching a, a wheel on a car spin so fast that it just doesn't look like it's moving. There were so many options yeah. that I just couldn't do anything,
2: yeah, it's one of those things where, and I used to work at a comic book shop in the Cross and uh, getting people in talking to them for about five minutes and trying to gauge <clears throat> what their interests are. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, somebody never really thought about comics I would never go oh Captain America is for you. You know because there's just so many decades of crap to deal with. Um, You know like when I got Evan back into comics I started him you know I I recommended Vertigo. and uh, Because you know we talked for a little bit and he was just kind of burned out with the superhero scene. So I thought that would be a nice kind of a sideways entry back in. And uh, it seemed to work so.
1: Yeah, I did. I did a long series of interviews with Evan before I before he gave me anything, mm-hmm. and then each each book. And you can, if you know, we know Evan. Um, yep. Each of these titles led to what I think was a very long book report I had to give when it was over <laughs> with. And and uh, I mean, I I say this with nothing but love in my heart, but it was a very long summer of work for me. Just you know, I'm reading Superman Birthright or you know, or this, the St. Cole book that he loves so much. And, Oh you know, and I'm like, this is great, but you are, it's 17 pages long and you just asked me 38 questions. So <laughs> you you have to, you know, but it was like, he really put his all into it and we did quite a bit of work together. And I just sort of came out on the other side with the, the principal problems that I have with comic books remaining. And I wasn't able to sort of overcome them, but it's it's mostly just my inability to 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 get out of my own way and enjoy the moment, essentially, with comic books specifically. But what we're here to talk about. So was about, it the uh, go ahead, David?
0: Was it the superhero genre particularly, or or just the medium itself that you had no, a problem was, with, or?
1: Yeah. So for me, it was um, it was the medium. It, it's not the genre. Like he gave me some. He gave me a really cool. Uh, rock and roll comic book thing with uh, what I'm, I'm just going to mischaracterize. This as little kid superheroes in space sort of based around rock and roll history. And I'm not sure what that is, but you know, and then he, he knows I like samurai okay. movies. So there was a samurai comic book and then there was the, the St. Cole comic book and then the Superman birthright graphic novel, all of which were great and really diverse. And there were some more that followed it. Um, but for me, the problem was, Um, A little bit like uh, my friend Eric said on Twitter today, uh, I felt like I was just being dropped in the middle of a story and I didn't know what happened beforehand. And I, you know, Uh, and I just sort of I'm like, okay, I don't know why I care about these people, but I, I need a little I needed a little bit more to care about them. Does that make sense, David?
0: Uh, well, well, you're talking about even stuff that like doesn't have a 50-year-old history, like stuff that's even even does have, like a graphic novel that that you know has a straight-up beginning.
1: Yeah, but so like the Superman birthright, the Superman character has a beginning, you know. Yeah. As, and so that's right. Yeah. You know, like if if I like I find myself comparing it to you know, other sort of long form, you know, multiple stories or multiple novels that I like characters in, for example, like the Thomas Harris Hannibal character, you know, it's, we, you know, there's a beginning, a middle there, you know, and there's, you can read the character over a series of novels, but there is in fact, a beginning point. And so that's, you know, with, with comic books, it, it seems to me that my experience or my desire to have a beginning point um, limited my enjoyment of the the medium.
2: Yeah, okay. I and and God bless uh, Evans, a completist. You know, and I love him like like a brother. Uh, but dropping you into Superman, that's that's hardcore. That's yeah. hardcore.
3: Right. So um, this sounds like a whole another podcast.
2: Yeah, it, it's kind of wandering <laughs> in that direction. Yeah. The one thing I would say to you, Dino, is in my collection I have a copy of Astro City one half. And it is a, like an eight to 12 page comic book that does what like Secret Wars did in like 12 issues or in, in eight pages. And it is the most intense and most touching storytelling that you will ever read. Cool. It moved me to tears in eight pages.
1: Well, now I'm going to have to Google that and find it. So, all right. So... (laughs)
0: All right. Well, so like I don't see, this, I don't see uh, turning someone into Superman as being hardcore. I mean, to me, Superman is sort of like cheddar cheese. You know, that's the most like basic, uh, you know, elementary superhero comic book there is. In a way. And,
2: and I would agree with that. But with his need for completion, dialing it back to 1938 and moving forward.
0: Oh yes. Yes. that That and, is true. You
2: know, with crisis on infinite earths and zero hour, now you got to explain that half of what you read from, you know, pre 1970 is complete and utter crap. And now you got to start over. That's really daunting to a lot of people.
0: But anyway, yeah, I think, I think technically it's like a different reality or a different. Yeah. Different dimension or something like that.
3: Yeah. Man. I want to talk movies.
0: Yes. Yeah, okay.
3: I
1: was just going to let that go because I have no idea what you two were talking about, but you you did, so that was fine. So, um, yeah, so we wanted to get together and talk about uh the Avengers movie. So, uh Eric, I, I you you've seen it more than I have. So, how many has everybody seen the movie?
0: Yes. Yes. David? Uh which which Avengers? The the In, most current one? Yeah, Infinity War. I have not. Oh,
1: okay. Well, that's okay, but that's all right. Good. Um, so Eric has seen it more than enough times for all of us, I think. Sean <laughs> Sean's seen it multiple times,
2: right? Yes, sir. Okay. So uh, Eric, I've only seen it once. So
1: okay, Eric, I'm go gonna go let you just jump right in here. I think I think uh, I think you've got some questions for the crew.
4: Uh, I I don't right now. I let's just hear what everybody. Thought of it, Sean? What'd you Since think? Since we have a lot of comic folks, how how do you you know how do you how do you think it compared,
3: Sean? Well, you know, not having really consumed the source material, um, and, and and really my experience having been in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as a whole. I mean, I saw the movie and I was completely floored by it because it was a massive undertaking and going in i clearly wondered okay they have a lot of ground to make up and and you know eric on twitter today kind of alluded to that where they just kind of drop you right in the middle of it but you know one of the things that that i share with my my 14 year old daughter is our our love of 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 these movies and geekdom and and kind of that And, and we just kind of looked at each other after it and we're like I'm shook. Like, it was... It was an experience.
2: Brad? Uh, You know, it was... It kind of had the French ending, you know? Uh, Everybody got kind of kicked right in the genitals at the end. You know, there was... in, In all the other movies that you saw, up to this point, the good guys won. Everybody walked away. There was victory. There was happiness. And hey, uh, you know, uh, it, it all worked out. And then you got to the end of this and, you know, half the universe is now gone <laughs> by a, a population. So uh, how do you reconcile that if you're a person that just needs to, your super stories need to have happy endings? And and a lot of people had a problem with that. And, and, and that's a shame. It really is a shame. But, uh you know, for – somebody asked me, I haven't seen any of the Marvel movies. What movies should I see before I go to see Infinity War?
4: Oh, my God. That's like Dino's question of comic books.
2: <laughs> like a brief second, I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, and I think I boiled it down to nine. But even that is like a day's worth of – Of viewing you know all these critical pieces to lead up to this point so you know exactly what's what's going on so you know when you when you talk about wanting that complete story Dino you know if you didn't see all the pieces to this I bet you this was a little jarring you know if you were going in and you hadn't seen all the different all the movies right the pieces that would have been it would have been rough
4: so what were the nine? What were the recommendations?
2: Oh, let's see. Uh, oh, man, I'd have to dig up my my text that I sent. Um, okay, off the top of my head. Uh, Captain America, Thor 1 and 2, Avengers. I'm not doing these in any order because I'm doing this from memory. Uh, Black Panther. Let's see. What else? Probably Guardians. Yeah, Guardians. uh, Because we needed to get the introduction to the Space Folk. Uh, And then I think I had Civil War.
4: Strange, I would assume.
2: Yeah, Doctor Strange. And I may have recommended... I, I recommended both the, the Guardians films, so that's that's the nine.
1: So, yeah, that w- what I thought is interesting about that is I hadn't the one movie that I hadn't seen was Doctor Strange. You mm, still
4: haven't seen that? No, no,
1: I have seen it now. I have <laughs> seen right. it now. Cuz
4: it's been like three podcasts. Right, exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes.
1: I have seen it now. Um and uh wow, that I think that is my favorite Marvel movie now to be fair because he's just the coolest, but, and he's got great hair. Um, but I, it was, you know, sort of trying to think back to, you know, how all of the other stories fit together. And the one thing I was sort of amazed by was how was kind of, I didn't really need to like Iron Man wasn't that big of a deal, you know, like I, I, did those Do the stories of oh. Iron Man intersect with these movies at all?
2: Yeah, actually, Iron Man was on that list of movies, so maybe I gave him 10. Okay. You, you really kind of need to see the first one just to really know something about Tony Stark and where he came from. And where, you know, once you get to Civil War, you see that growth of the character. Plus, you see the
4: growth of the friendship between he and, and uh, Rhodey. Yep. war machine so you know civil war gets all the more powerful when you yeah. see that friendship break apart
2: yeah agreed so,
4: the, so but, well, like, but
2: but but the other the other two iron man films meh
1: <laughs> the first one is essential <laughs> really so um uh dave so one of the things i was wondering dave is how even though you haven't seen this have you seen other pieces of the Marvel Cinematic Universe
0: Oh yeah, I've seen, you know, maybe at this point maybe half of it.
1: Okay. Uh, or a little more. So then so then the question for for the comic book guys here is so for me personally, how does does do, do the Marvel movies inter intersect with the Marvel books? In the broadest mm-hmm. in the broadest sense, like are are these you know, like do, do the books feed the movies or the movies feed the books at this point or what?
2: Uh, you know, the movies are are a different creature. You know, they are based off of the comics, but there are some things that you you really can't bring in and have it work. Now, like, for instance, and I'm going to use this just because it's the most the most current movie in Infinity War. Thanos in the comics is infatuated with death. And the reason why he wants to have the gauntlet is to basically give a, a tribute to, to death, his true love, by killing off half the universe. And ultimately, he wants to die so that he can be with her for eternity. Is that translatable to film? <laughs> is that going to work? <laughs> You know, narratively speaking, where I mean, you want to have a bunch of, you know, kids come in and stuff like that and have it be marketable. Death is not going to be a good selling point, you know, uh, an obsession with the, the embodiment of death. So making him making that tweak so that he's basically like an, a, an eco-terrorist for all intents and purposes <laughs> um, makes him more relatable. You know, mm-hmm. it, when he cries after killing Gamora, you're like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> you know, maybe he's not such a monster. He's not a villain just twirling his mustache, saying, "I'm going to kill half the universe." He really believes in what he's selling, in his his core beliefs. He will do anything for, and sacrificing his daughter who he loves and he doesn't really know how to show it all that well in a traditional sense, but you come to find out that, you know, there's a portion of him that's not entirely bad from the perspective that he is approaching his, his ideology. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? So it, it, you, you couldn't do that. You couldn't take a direct copy from the comics and have it, come out and not be cartoonish and, and, for lack of a better term, two-dimensional.
3: Now, they started down that road, though, when they introduced Thanos at the end of Avengers in The Stinger. You know, the Chitari warrior was talking about humans and saying to to try and defeat them is to court death. And all of a sudden, then you get the end where Thanos just kind of turns around and smiles. <laughs> You know, that, that whole idea of, okay, is that really where they're going to go with all of this? And, and then it kind of evolved as it went and, and turned it into the, I like that, the eco-terrorist. But it seemed for a moment there that that's where they were oh, going.
2: And I would agree with that 100%. Because when I saw that, I'm like, oh, yeah, in the comics. You know, but narratively speaking, you know, once they started fleshing some of this out and you see the film, you're like, oh, well, of course they would have taken it in that direction. That That makes the most sense. Uh, to do, but it, it was like a great tip of the hat to, to the mm. comic book fans. So it maybe that was part of the intent, you know, to, to say, Hey, you know, we understand here's the character. That's his motivation. We're not going to tell you that that's his entire motivation, but we're going to give a, a tip of the hat to it. Mm. That's well, what and I, and I think has been so genius well, about the
4: all... MCU. That's what I think has been so genius about the MCU is yeah. the planning of it all. Yeah, in, in Avengers where they were going in an Infinity War. You know, yeah. and they still they still tipped their hat. They still made him look like a puppeteer in order to make Infinity War that much more powerful when you start to empathize with this big green, purple
2: grimace. <laughs> grimace <laughs> looking, I was trying guy, to,
4: right? I was trying to think of some of the catchphrases from the movie, but yep. yeah. There was I mean, something with a nut
3: sack, I believe.
4: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, and watch, well you know, for me routine, part of I'm uh, very intentional, David, you were saying,
0: yeah, I think part of why part of why I have a hard time getting into the film somewhat is because it, it they feel condensed, you know there's you know you've talked about the history and it's like you know there's so many comics leading up to Infinity Gauntlet, and you know it's like you're trying to take so many years of history and and condense it for a mass audience and also the other the other problem is that it feels to me kind of like because they they are telling different versions of the stories you know it's like we as fans we want to see the stories that we know and love um being told truthfully most of the time to or faithfully to the original and when you've got uh, it's almost like there's the version that they make for the geeks and then the uh, like a slicker polished version maybe for the mass audience, um, in which the characters can look the same, the stories can't be the same and the, the characters uh, look different and are different. And
2: I, so they're, I would so they're
0: not familiar they're not familiar to us.
2: And I agree with that point of view to a certain extent, but the only thing that kind of squashes that is the Ultimates universe. Now, for those of you who are not initiated on on this, Marvel had an idea to kind of update. If you look at the history of Marvel Comics, there's a lot of weird science that, that... makes these heroes like the fantastic four they were exposed to cosmic radiation and were given fantastical powers well now we know much more about cosmic radiation so it's not as scary but when they did the ultimates universe they dealt with like uh reed richards was trying to contact and and uh, deal with other dimensions and this dimensional energy ended up bathing these, uh, the Fantastic Four and Doctor Doom, and changing them uh, essentially. Um, and what their what their goal there was was to try to strip away some of that history and start over and give you a fresher perspective of, while keeping true to the spirit, changing some of the the core concepts that you know the old timers were used to, and try to update it. So I I think, you know, even if you look at what DC has been doing now with, Jesus, with like three reboots in six years, (laughs) Um, I mean, Rebirth, you know, fixed a lot of stuff. But I mean, at this point, I stopped collecting pretty much all of comics at this point just because I got tired of loving something. And then, you know, two years later, having it completely wiped out of existence. But that's kind of the nature of the beast. Unfortunately, it's gotten to that point where everybody wants a a fresh history to start from, and not have to deal with you know seventy plus years of history for a character like Wonder Woman or Batman or Superman, um, or the Fantastic Four, for that matter. So,
0: but there's lag depth for people who want to, uh, who need more and 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 you know get a lot out of researching all that and going getting as many back issues as they can, and, and uh, you know, there, there's a lot of meat and gratification for people who, who like that.
2: Yeah, and and I'm not trying to say that to poo-poo that. What I'm saying is this is like the gateway drug. <laughs> you see the movie, you're yeah, like, oh, that character's that, that interesting, yeah. and try to go back, and, but they can't, just even from a financial aspect, they can't really you know do all the things to 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 lead up to that slow progression
1: right uh in
2: comics history to to bring you forward so they have to try to you know condense it which you know some folks aren't a a real fan of and and i get that i do so Mm -hmm. well speaking speaking as somebody
3: who uh speaking as somebody that doesn't collect or really consume a lot of comic book content what i love with the movies is they can pull from different aspects and different series and different runs and and make the best possible product on the screen which is really what i want and 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 then I in turn look to see, okay, well, where do they pull that from, and where do they pull that from? So then that does send me back to the source material a little bit. But I like that in a movie that it's not going to stay completely true to the print version because you know what happened. I mean, you and and I I know that people want to see that representation. Like the 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 twelve year old in me would absolutely love to see a true. Version of Secret Wars. I mean, this is like the third time I've mentioned it. Like that's my, that's my memory. That's that's sure. my my home. That's my true <laughs> north when it comes to comic books. Would I love to see that? Absolutely.
4: That's um, coming next. You
3: know, you're hoping. <laughs> they've, they've, talk, they've talked about it. Yeah, but but I mean, so I but but I do love the fact that it didn't stay true to the, the the comic book that it was able to. To pull different storylines and you know, you know, I feel like at some point Adam Warlock's gonna come into play here. And you know, and that was teased in Guardians of the Galaxy Part two. So I had to do my research on him as well. So um so I, I kinda like that.
1: David? Yes. It it just sort of well Go ahead. I'm not trying to make no, it uh... explode. <laughs> What's your question? No, it just sort of seemed like it was. It, it it's a natural spot for for. I I was wondering what you thought about what Sean said, really.
0: Um. Well, well, I agree with with a lot of that. I think that you know, there's a, there's a strange relationship too. With I, I think you know, in reading these comics, you know, for years we wanted to see it in live action. Yeah. And when there weren't superhero movies being made very often. Um, now we've got our wish and I uh, feel like it's a bit of a, be careful what you wish for situation um, <laughs> uh-huh. in some ways, because, well, it's like you've got these larger than life characters and you want to see them portrayed by real people, but can a real person embody that character? And, you know, you can be dissatisfied with the casting and and seeing, like, a person try to portray this character, and it's like, eh, it's just not quite right to me. It doesn't look like the character. Um, also, to be honest, I think there's something kind of depressing um, about uh, seeing characters that you've been familiar with since you were, like, five years old, and you know in the comics they're forever the same age you know they they don't get old but in in the films you're seeing them these characters being portrayed by people that are younger than you are um it's kind of it it's it's kind of weird yeah so hey just Does that really, make sense? yeah just
1: really quick guys um if if you're not talking just because I'm hearing a lot of what sounds like woodshop noises. If we could, you know, kind of either mute ourselves or something when we're not talking. I know it doesn't apply to you, David, because we're calling you on the phone, but I, I really do think somebody's uh, going to build a birdhouse here pretty soon. So so, um, so back to it, though. What Then for, for Brad and, and David a little bit, since you guys are both serious comic book people – are are the when the movie started? Let's go back to that. When the movie started, did you were you hopeful or was this another case of ah oh Christ? They're gonna it's gonna be another goddamn George Clooney in a in a Batman outfit or you know or, or was it you know because I mean I I remember when uh like in at UW Milwaukee Jill gave me a copy of The Dark Knight. And and I never gave it back to her. I I think I gave it to a girl at some point. But I never gave it back to her because I kept reading it over and over and over again. And it was one of those things where I'm like, this just blew my mind. And then it was the next thing was The Watchmen. And I remember right away, right away, Jill was like, Val Kilmer is going (laughs) to play. Dr. Manhattan or whatever it was. And it was the the rumor thing for comic book people started right away. But then that sort of died down with the, you know, the cod piece and the nipples on the Batman Jersey. And, uh, but then, but then this became something different. Like it, you, I had the sense right away that even as a non-comic book guy, the tools that were available, the technology that was available was completely different now and we were going to do something it was going to be a completely different experience so when david and brad when you guys first start when you first heard of this stuff were you excited and hopeful and then more to it were you disappointed right away or did it sort of live up to kind of what you thought it would be brad
2: i want to start with and I'll try to make this as brief as possible but I I, I kind of want to and you mention it with the dark knight narratively speaking nobody would have ever written that story in the 60s why is that important over time the tools for storytelling and what is acceptable for to, to be in a story changes as society changes and whatever okay um, and I, I only say that because if you look at some of the stories that Stan Lee wrote like in the late 90s, um, it it has the 60s sensibility in the writing. The writing does not match the time period. Does that make sense? So when you are talking about the writing for comic book movies from the bat nipples to today. The, the tools for storytelling and what is acceptable to pull out of a, out of another medium to make a film, a a comic book film has changed. The expectations have changed. Marvel writes their comic book movies so differently than DC. I mean, they're just, they're, they're a league apart. And, I think that you're right that the technology has, has really come so far that they can do, I mean, they can do some of those effects in real time, um, which is absolutely mind blowing. Um, but like when they first were rumored to talk about doing an X-Men movie, like in the God, mid to late eighties, you know, there's no way that they could ever do it and not have it look like the Roger Corman fantastic four movie. Um, Look it up. It's it's absolutely dreadful. Um, so I, I really think that those styles have have changed. You can't. I've kind of wandered a little afield here, but I I hope that I've kind of. Uh, Illustrated a few things. The the, the toolbox changes and it's not just technologically speaking, it's narratively speaking and how writers work and what is it, what the audience can expect from writing now in, in film. Does that, does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. David?
0: Well, for me, the real definitive moment in comics movies And is this going to work Uh, and taking one of our beloved properties and trying to, to do it on film was in 2000 with X-Men. And I remember, I remember being at Rogers theater downtown and like everybody I knew that was into comics was there. It was like a big family reunion. And we all had this big anticipation, like how how is this going to be? Is it going to, is it going to suck? Is it, what's this going to be like? And, and when Wolverine came on the screen for the first time, everyone had a gasp, like what's he going to really look like? And I think with, and, and with that film, everyone was satisfied and everyone was happy. And that was the film that I think really paved the way for this whole superhero era of film that we're in right now. Um, that, you know, that's what really um, set the ground for it. Um, with with Iron Man, with being really the first MCU movie, I believe, um, by that point, we were pretty confident that they could pull it off. Um, it was nice to see a character that had been like a, a Marvel um, stable for so long, but had not really had the chance to be a household name and to see that character get some exposure and i thought they did an excellent job with it um the problem in the intervening years is i think they've been cranking them out so fast um that it's like you really you know they're trying to do what you have in comics where there's all this crossover and the and the stories build on each other and that's great but if you're not unless you're really devoted you're going to get lost
1: Right, and so so then to the to both of you having you know been serious book people and now um, you you both watched some of the movies. So so is the experience of the movies a disappointment, or are you able, or is it a
0: positive experience, David? I think it's a little of both. Um, it's, it's a little hard to say completely that it's one or the other, um, that would be too one-sided. Um, there's, there's both aspects to it, but for me, for the most part, I'd say, especially the the stuff coming out now, the more recent stuff, I'd probably say it's more on the negative. Really? But that's partly because I'm just not, I'm not keeping up as much as, as I could or should perhaps.
2: Brad? Um, you know, I, I agree with uh, part of what David said in that, you know, it can be a mixed bag. Uh, you look at the first Thor film and compare it to the second Thor film. Um, the second Thor film, while it gives you one of the Infinity Stones, it's it's not all that good, you know? Um, but I, I think the biggest thing to to go into it thinking or at least that's what i try to do is i'm going to sit my butt down in the theater and i'm not going to i'm not reading a comic book you know i'm going to be seeing something in an entirely different medium and some of the things from a paper medium are not going to translate to to a movie medium you know there are impossible camera angles that you could never achieve in cinema you know versus what you can draw There. are there are things that you can do with one medium that you can't do with the other. And that goes both ways that it's going to be a different experience regardless. Sure. So you can't be married to that concept of to me that I'm going to go in, I'm going to see, you know, civil war and it's going to be a lot like, you know, the civil war series that, that came out. Well, oh, geez, how long has that been now? eight years something like that um it's not going to be that um and you know to be honest mcu is really they're they're taking their own direction you know they've they've pulled the bits that they wanted to out of the comic book stuff and they've they've built off of that um you know still still being as true as possible to the narrative of the characters, you know, the, the motivations of the characters to a certain degree. Um, but it's, it's a different creature.
1: So I wanted to, I wanted to bring in Eric and Sean a little bit here. So, uh, I think the two of you both took your kids to these movies. And, oh yeah. And, and so yep. your kids are both at different ages. Emma's a little older than Liv is. And uh, so I'm wondering, you know, as parents, what did what did your kids say about the movie, Sean? So what did what did Emma say about the movie?
3: (laughs) She I mean, I think I said it before. She just looked at me and she goes, I'm shook. And I guess that's the the language (laughs) the young people are using these days. But 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 I mean, but but really, I, I think. She was she was nervous leading up to it. So we had bought our tickets weeks ahead of time. And so it was a countdown and it was, you know, she and I have this tradition of of trying to go see all of the 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 comic book movies, uh, Marvel movies and the Star Wars movies kind of you know, on that opening night, that Thursday night, when the anticipation is highest. And, and so leading up to it, she goes, I'm so nervous. I know people are going to die. I wonder who's going to die. And, and, and she was just really nervous. And, and I think we, as we got through the movie, and the whole, the, the whole movie, to Marvel's credit, was, was pretty action packed. I mean, there wasn't a lot of dead spots, there wasn't a lot of we're going to take 20 minutes here and develop this storyline. I mean, it was pretty much a nonstop two hour and 40 minute, you know, ride. And, and I think what really affected her was, you know, that thought of, she knew there was another Black Panther movie coming out. She knew there was another Spider-Man movie coming out and she knows there's another guardians movie coming out, but then to have all of that happen at the end, and, and, you know, the, the moment of the movie, and, you know, obviously, spoiler alert, I hope you're going to put this in the description of the uh, podcast, <laughs> is, is, you know, that, that moment where Scarlet Witch is able to extract the, the, the stone and destroy it, and, and Thanos just kind of looks at her, and, 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 and we forget for a minute that he's got the time stone. <laughs> he, he, he's he got it and he's just kind of like you know now's not the time for sadness and then he just kind of all of a sudden turns back time and does what he wants to do and we just looked at each other we were like oh my goodness like i didn't even think about that and then the ending was just as one person after another just kind of disappeared we would just look at each other and you can hear it in the theater and it was it was a neat experience because that's the first time. And, and I think it was alluded to earlier is at the end of these movies, the, the heroes win. You know, everybody kind of walks away. And and this was the first time half the people didn't walk away. Eric, how did Liv take it?
4: Yeah, but it's interesting. I just want to comment, Sean. It's interesting that the original Avengers were all the ones that walked away.
3: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And she picked up on that and, before. I And did. it's their
4: movie. Yeah. I think it's funny, um, sort of the same way. I mean, I she might have even said she was shook. Right? She was just sort of beside <laughs> herself. She didn't really. I don't know if she knew people were going to die, but I don't think she was expecting it, and it just sort of took her off guard. Normally, she likes these movies. Black Panther is one of her favorites, and she just she didn't know what to make of it. She was very she was very disturbed by the the fact that everybody died. Brad, so it'll be interesting to see what, you know, as as new trailers are coming out for new movies, the questions that are going to come my way.
1: Right, sure. So, Brad, I, I'm just going to ask because I, I don't even know. Does Does Alex go to these?
2: Um, he watches some of them. Okay. Um, you know, I try to... Uh, because he can get overstimulated sometimes it's, sure. you know, I try, I try to, I, I think that this one would have been probably a bit too much for yeah, him yeah. to take in. And
1: and it just, and I can, I can cut this out, Brad, if you want, but, um, just cause not everybody knows who Alex is. Alex is your kid.
2: Yes. And he's autistic. He's 16 year old. Yeah. He's a 16 year old. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I took him to, God, I took him to the first Avengers film, and it was 3D oh, and God. that was, I, yeah, that was a mistake I will not make again. Uh, he took off his glasses and was able to, you know, and I kicked myself and I was in the middle of the theater and i trying to get him out of there. He wasn't melting down or anything. Sure. He he would look up at the screen from time to time and, and, and that was okay. Uh, but I learned my lesson. So, you know, sometimes I will go and I'll watch one of the Marvel films and if it seems like it's... Not too much visually that there's going to be like lots of flashing lights and whatnot. Right. Um, Then, then, then I'll I'll try to take it to take him to it. So.
1: Yeah, I guess I guess I was just sort of wondering, you know, because, you know, I, I just sort of, you know, Alex and you seem inseparable. So, yeah. you know, I just sort of, I just sort of always assume that if you know if Brad goes somewhere, Alex goes somewhere as well. But you know. <laughs>
2: For the most part, yes. But yeah. if it's something that's going to just, you know, really kind of literally blow his mind, I, you know, we we throttle it back and, sure. you know, do other things. So
1: so we're we're coming to the end, guys. We've been together for about an hour. So, Eric, do you, do you have anything you want to wrap up with?
4: I just, no. I mean, I, I think that I'm just sort of beside myself trying to figure out how they're going to wrap this all up next year. Because like we've talked about, this is a culmination of at least three different stories that I know of. And it's gonna be interesting to see what parts they pull from what stories well, in that, order to okay, so tie them all I, together.
1: Then I have a question, is somebody who doesn't read the articles and stuff, it are they is the plan for them to make what, one more Avengers movie and that's all of them?
2: Well, Based on to some
4: degree, yes.
2: Yeah, based on interviews that have come out recently, they're not saying that you know the Avengers are dead, but they might, and I mean dead figuratively speaking, as as a team. Um, But you know, the Avengers in the comics, that you know, that membership is is rotating, so you know, you might have different people in, and they're still looking. It's still bankable. So and
4: there's different gonna, factions of the Avengers too. Yeah. There's West Coast Avengers. West Coast. There's European Avengers. There's Great Lakes I mean, Avengers. All, exactly. <laughs> they could, they could bring in all kinds of different teams, and I think that's oh, the idea. God. I know that they've, they've mentioned yes. Secret Wars. They've mentioned, you know, Captain Marvel coming in, and you know, so she could lead a new team of Avengers. So, well,
3: and and there's a, also there's got a lot the, that they could go. You've also got the Fox Disney merger ready to go, so in in theory, that opens up the Fantastic Four and the X Men so coming excited. back to the universe. Um, so At, I mean, there's actually there's a, a number of ways. I want to see Fantastic.
4: I want to see Fantastic Four come in and run this Avengers, this next I, generation of Avengers.
2: That deal is not a lock. Comcast came in with cash, and they yeah. want and uh, cash is king. <clears throat>
0: yeah,
2: so. That that's not a hundred percent set in stone yet. Uh, it's a little nerve wracking, but <laughs> mm. well, I okay. hadn't
0: heard about that. As far as I knew, they were still competing, basically uh, Fox and and uh, Marvel slash Disney.
3: Well, <laughs> you know, they were able to get Spider Man in because you know that was a that was a Fox mm-hmm. property. No, that, that was and, that's Sony. Yeah. Oh, is that Sony? Oh, you're Yep, That's Sony mistake. My mistake. No worries. I I just, I I just want Deadpool in the next Avengers just to see (laughs) how that all
2: works.
1: (laughs) Well, it's, it's funny because, you know, I'm sitting here and we're, we're talking about titles and all of that. And what I, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I finished watching whatever the, the Netflix, uh, Punisher series and i it, uh-huh. i just became aware that there there are three punishers in my lifetime there's yeah. the thomas jane the really big scruffy guy and then uh john barenthal and i and for me it's just like oh god like now you look back and you just Shit. okay Thomas the Jane. big
2: scruffy guy? Yeah. The big scruffy You mean Dolph Lundgren?
1: No. Oh, there's four. Yeah. There's yeah.
2: four. four. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's, yeah. All right. That's
1: hilarious. I thought you were setting up. There a was Dolph a Punisher
0: Lundgren, Warzone. Yeah, the Punisher Warzone. Punisher right. Warzone Punisher as well. Yeah. Yep.
4: That mm-hmm. guy. And and let's just let's just not forget that David Hasselhoff played Nick Fury.
3: Oh, Jesus. Oh, that's God. right. God. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, so Eric's going to end on a happy note, then, right there. That's what we're, going to do. We're, going to, we're going to end on a Hasselhoff note. So, guys, I just want to say thank you for doing this, David. It was awesome to meet you, Brad. It was great to have you on the podcast, Brad. You've got you've got a couple other podcasts. Could you just uh, tell the people what they are?
2: Uh, yeah, I am a part of the Galactic Network uh, of podcasts. I'm a co-host for the Alien Invasion. And we talk about aliens in uh, news, like legitimate news, exoplanets and stuff like that, um, in, in literature and in film and stuff like that. We just talk about aliens in general. Uh, and then I do a biweekly show, which is called The Adventure Party, and that's about uh, role-playing games, card games, board games, and the like.
1: Wow. I'm going to have to, you know... Again, those are two things that aren't part of my world. But now I, I have to listen to the adventure party because I don't. As a non non cardboard game player, I I have to figure out. I have to decide how you uh, talk about that for so long, you know. But I'm super stoked to listen. So and then uh, Sean, uh, what's your wife's name again? (laughs) Melissa. Okay.
3: That's the
4: only thing I'm plugging. Right, exactly. That's true.
3: So, hey, now
1: it's not that kind of
3: podcast. Right. Oh, highly point. of
1: her. Nice. <laughs> so, David, you're starting a website, right?
0: Yeah, uh, I'm starting a blog. Um, it's going to be called uh, right now. It's called Unconventional Intellectual. Okay. and And uh, I'm going to be looking at. I'm going to be doing sort of uh, informal academic um, analytical review pieces that are both intellectually stimulating and also fun and accessible for the common person.
1: Cool. Good. Nice. Does it have a domain well, yet? And, uh, sorry. Are, do you have a, a domain for it yet? Or is there a place we could point people to?
0: No, I'm really in the formative stages. I hope to have it up on everything very soon um tentatively, you know i i it's probably going, it's probably going to be unconventional, unconventional com, if that's uh you know if i can get that um and then for as far as the, the component or sub sub uh category for the heroic superhero stuff is going to be the heroes hangout
1: okay cool there you go yeah great. so as you get closer we'll bring you back cool that would be great Awesome.
0: No no hey, I'd like to my, note first, for the my first piece right now is I'm actually working on uh, uh a piece on um the two thousand six Superman Returns film. Um, sort of yeah. the forgotten uh the forgotten Superman film that's sandwiched in between the two larger known franchises and I'm gonna do sort of a redemptive reading of that and I'm doing a lot of research on it right now and it's pretty fascinating.
3: That was the Brandon Ruth one, right? Yep. okay yeah Mm -hmm. excellent so i would like it noted for the record that (laughs) my daughter thought this was insanely cool that i was doing this and so emma if you're going to listen to this later i did not mean anything negative about your mother (laughs) 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 and my son thought i was the biggest nerd in the world for doing this so i don't think he'll be listening to this
1: yeah that's right he'll be the first one to listen to it exactly right he's got he's got a secret stash of who knows what in his bedroom so
3: Oh golly. Oh. Yeah.
1: Oh, that was terrible. I'm sorry. But I hey, I didn't do the plugging thing. I didn't do I didn't do the <laughs> plugging line. Sean walked into plugging all by himself.
3: I did without I did. any
1: intent at all. So none. All right, you guys, thanks so much for doing this. Hey, thanks for having us. We're back today in order to preserve tomorrow and let there be no misunderstanding. Our
0: Well, I like to go in Russia and still look at the front people. You think the Russians could dig your kind of music? They'll dig it. Save your energy. Lucky under! The big, brusque satellite is just a damn it like I know.
2: Woo!
0: We are talking about a society in which there will be no roles other than those chosen or those earned. We are really talking about humanism. Why did you put what we said on the radio? To encourage some interchange of ideas. Of books, magazines, students, tourists, artists,
1: radio programs, technical experts. We declare our right on this earth to be a man, to be a
0: human being, to be
1: respected as a human being. I want you and your boys to cease and desist from violating the American airwaves... Or I won't be responsible for the consequences.
2: Further communications may
0: not be possible.
2: It's this guy. He's got a pirate radio station. Well, we intend to bring him to
4: by any means. what's on the comm chat? Very active, sir. Multiphasing transmissions overlapping. It's almost a gibberish. Welcome.
1: Welcome. 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 Welcome.
3: Welcome. Simply adjust the frequency. The switch.
0: Welcome to Hi. Radio Program. Hi. Beginning according
2: to plan. We are the What are
0: you doing on this
2: frequency? Just remember who you are. Hi.
0: Radio Hi. Program.
1: Beginning Hi. according to plan. Hi. And the
2: track is on. That's right, it's not me you. In line. and walk the streets.